0: MSW. Still talking about local football though, huh? And, and I guess after the football governing body gave Safa the go-ahead yesterday to extend uh, the current APSA Premiership season to mid-September, the league as well as the association are still yet to agree on a start date. So the PSL will be holding an online board of governors meeting tomorrow. What's tomorrow? Thursday. To discuss a way forward. I mean, I don't know if you're going to be seeing a league resuming come next weekend, because remember, that's what Safa said. There's your date, 1st of August. There's a lot at stake. And if both the Glad Africa Championship as well as the AMSA Premiership Leagues are cancelled, you can surely expect another heated discussion on the promotion and relegation battle. And I hear that the teams are divided on what should happen next. They are divided. I can't break the story down. I have to bring Arena Holdings senior football writer, Mark Stradham, to assist us here. He's in the know as far as the story is concerned. Mark, as always, thank you so much. Welcome to Sports Worldwide.
1: Uh, Rob, hi, sure. An introduction like that, and uh, I'm (laughs) tentative, Um, hi, Rob. Thanks for having me, hello listeners. Uh, I think the last time I saw you was Egypt, Rob. We could I never have imagined we'd be where we are now. It's but a whole year no later, globally. Yeah. It's a whole <laughs> year yeah. later.
0: I've been, I've been getting these social media reminders of uh, what was happening in Egypt. You know, Velile, Yandrus, there, there, you are, Mark Straydom. <laughs> He's sitting in little <laughs> corners there. There's Bafana Bafana divided there. They're wearing suits. They're taking photos. Stuart yeah. Baxter doesn't know what's happening. Hey, you know, we we could it's write volumes now. and <laughs> volumes of books, Mark, on, on just our experiences in terms of the jobs yeah. that we do. <laughs>
1: yeah. Glad to be heat. chatting to you. You remember the heat and now I'm oh. cold. crazy. My,
0: geez yeah. I mean it's it's complete opposites. So I I would do it some heat right now. Um, <laughs> yeah Given what's happening, COVID-wise, you've been on top of this story though, and um, yeah. I think I think today uh, you also put out something uh, regarding it. First, tell me though, confirm, give me the, a bit of background because we've been tossed all over the place as far as the story is concerned. What is happening? Is there BOG tomorrow? What's the latest happening on this, Mark? Yeah, well, so
1: okay, so we had we had kind of multiple stories today. Um, on what's happening just at the moment and what's going to be happening in the DOG. Um, look, as, as far as we could gather from speaking to club owners um, in the First Division and in the, the PSL, in the Premier Division, uh, is that, yeah, there are different opinions among the club owners as far as we can make up. Um, it does seem like possibly the First Division club owners are swaying towards a cancellation. But even there, the permutations about how relegation and promotion will be handled, do Ajax get... Is it, is it cancelled, but Ajax are champions? Or is it and Boy? I think there's going to be heated debates in, in the BOG um, on that because if you look at the top four in the first division, they're separated by eight points. And, and, and uh, Sakuma um, in fourth place could still win the league um, conceivably. If I were to go on a losing streak, so there's probably four teams that might contest that decision, or there's going to be heated debate within around that issue. And then when you throw in the playoffs as well, there's probably nine teams. Um, so there's a lot of people with vested interest um, around around promotion from the first division. Um, yeah. So basically, what the options seem to me to be one that both leagues go ahead, which, which, um, uh, told us, uh, the new South African football journalist association today in a press conference, he told us that it's going to cost a hundred million rand for both leagues. Um, and the cost of that is approximately 2.5 million to three million per club. And first division clubs might be a little less. David Mohoshua from Swallows was estimating 1.2 million. So it might be 1, 1. 1.5 to 2 million for first division clubs. And, and and of course the first division clubs are balking at that sort of cost. They they don't really have that kind of budget. So this is where the sort of differing opinions come in. Um the the gist I can get is that, that PS- the premier division clubs are more keen to try to finish the season if possible. But even there that depends on basically three major factors. One is what um the PSL has gotten from it, its meetings with its stakeholders. And in this case, those stakeholders are obviously Nedbank from the Nedbank Cup, ABSA from the ABSA Premiership, and the Broadcaster Supersport. And whether the will is still there from those stakeholders to continue. Um, and, and and we know very well that the PSO is very keen to, um, as the throughout this process of trying to continue the season uh, through COVID, very keen to please the stakeholders. If the stakeholders are no longer interested, I think they would probably shoot a continuation of the season in the foot quite strongly from the beginning. The second is logistics. Um, We know that Wits have nine games left and in the Mid-Bank Cup semi-final. Barca has set an August 1 uh, start date because they they weren't going to have referees before that. And that means nine games plus potentially an Edmund Cup final and a final for but is is possible. Let's just keep... The third one is the cost. Um, as I said, um, 2.5 to 3 million per team. So you might find some PSL teams are walking at that. Um, and that's the situation where we are. So it's either going to be that the PSL goes ahead and the first division is cancelled and then there's permutations with promotion and relegation. Um, I'm seeing that as quite quite possible because i think the first division is walking at the cost um the other is that both are cancelled because logistically and the stakeholders just aren't behind it anymore um and those are the two main options or and the other is that both go ahead which seems to me quite a costly exercise
0: a hundred billion rand that is a lot of money to put down as far as the this uh, biologically safe environment that they're trying to build up. Has there been any word on where this money would potentially be coming from?
1: Yeah, so Rob, that um, basically is going to be covered mostly by the club, um, and then additional expenses such as PSL officials who have to be part of the process, and uh, you know the match commission, uh, match um, the the PSL officials who oversee the stadiums uh, stadium personnel, um, a certain amount of security will probably be involved. That will be covered by the league. And the match officials, SAFA has, and I think this is quite a conciliatory uh, gesture from SAFA, given that they have been kind of viewed as a stumbling block, have said that they all pay for the match officials, which um, that includes, of course, the housing and the feeding. So so the cost to the clubs is is their squads. It's single room. Um, the, The plan that was laid out by Dr. Tulani and Um the, the chief medical officer of SAFA, is that it's single-room room occupancy in hotels. Um, I'm not too sure how, how exactly that pertains to the Gauteng teams themselves. And obviously, this biologically safe environment will take place in Gauteng. Um, so it's single-room room occupancy and it's feeding of, of squads and technical staff And team doctors, because this is definitely a process that's going to involve team doctors and all the fitness trainers and um, PSL officials and the match officials is is where the cost of 100 million comes comes from, and it's about 2.5 to 3 million per club that they will have to fork out. Um, Which, given that, yeah, that that is a costly exercise, Um, and given that. The, the PSL grant ended in June because the APSA premiership ended. Uh, sorry, the APSA sponsorship of, of the premiership ended. <laughs> That's another factor that that throws a, a whole different um, spanner in the wheel. So those clubs have now had their grants paid until June and they've gone to, they've got the ex gratia payments that cover July. And so August, they're basically running on empty in terms of finance from the league. And also, those club owners have dipped into the pockets. During this period where they've paid players, there have been pay cuts, but they've also paid players where there'd be no matches and no no income that's generated from those matches, So, it's such as merchandise, but mostly gate takings, which, which isn't the biggest source of income for clubs, but it's added more pressure. So, But, but the, the impression I get is that possibly Premier Division teams would still, if, if logistically possible, and it's backed by the stakeholders, backed by the broadcaster, backed by the sponsors, would like to try to finish the season and keep those sponsors happy, Uh, I I think
0: they still see it as as a worthy extent. I mean, it's also happening at a time when I know that the CEO dismissed it the last time, the issue around the coaches who constantly say that they have not had enough time and the time that has been Mm. given to them is not enough for them to go and play football without risking life and limb of players because that is... From a professional perspective, uh, Mark, not enough time that has been granted, regardless of what the club owners say.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, Roz. I mean, we're talking about the financial aspect um, exclusively so far, but that is a very important aspect, is the players' uh, fitness and health. Um, So, yes, I did did speak to Joshua Smith, um, the the former Bafana Bafana fitness trainer who was there in Egypt with us, uh, with Bafana uh, last year. Now, I'm a uh, high-performance performance manager. We laid it out quite well, which is that <laughs> it, it's normally in the off-season, you would have a ratio of about four weeks off and six weeks pre-season. Now, we're looking at a ratio of 16 weeks off and about four weeks, pre- uh, basically, well, let's say, pre-season in, in inverted commas. Um, and, and, of course, look, in that period of the 16 weeks, it wasn't um, players initially were in lockdown at home and then they could run on the streets. So it's, it's not as as bad as the off-season where players are sent home to rest completely. But at the same time, it's a very long period in active and with no organized training. And then you come back with a short period of, of training. And then on top of that, you actually don't have frenzy. You can, you can organize 11 v 11, but those aren't as competitive as the frenzy. And the friendlies are a very important bridging gap, as you know, Rob, between training mm. only and and competitive matches because you at least get to stretch your legs in a semi-competitive environment and not a fully competitive. So you've got quite a <laughs> – uh, uh, let me not exaggerate, but it's almost a kind of a toxic sort of mix there where um, a long period of inactivity is followed by a short preseason, which is not a preseason, but it's a, a kind of a preseason period. It's training. And no friendlies. Yeah and then going into competitive matches. And even though the PSL wanted to start on July 18, which would have put even more pressure if they had players ready in a very rushed fashion, the extra two weeks to August 1, it it does give that extra two weeks in terms of preparation, which the fitness trainers will be happy about. But it also means that in that month, the matches are coming thick and fast. So then fatigue sets in. So it's kind of a (laughs) catch-22. It it doesn't always help. Absolutely.
0: I mean... I mean, Mark, the, that's the one thing that's always missing in the dialogue. Everybody talks about the financial implications, yeah. the commercial aspect of it, but very few people talk about what this means to the people that actually go out and play football, which are the players, because a, a normal periodized period is six weeks, and a, and compressing that into uh, what a two- or three-week program uh, is out of this world. I mean, I, I spoke to a coach last week, and he, and he told me that during this very short period of preparation, one is unable to uh, do a graduate build-up of football fitness, which leads to injuries or accumulation of fatigue or mental stress or inability to maintain uh, football actions throughout the 90-plus minutes, or even the ability to maintain quicker recovery between actions or poor technical execution or poor decision-making due to lack of oxygen and poor playing style, you know, because there isn't, like you said, enough friendly games in the build-up to that. So that's the aspect that I'm saying. In all of the considerations for the BOG on Friday, they will also need to balance it out with the status of the players currently. This is not even mentioning COVID nineteen possibilities.
1: Absolutely, and I, I I really hope clubs and, and we do know clubs in Zyovity have a reputation of not always putting players first, but but it varies per club. Um and, and, and we have we have better clubs at like that. I do hope the clubs take that as a very big factor into consideration. Um, actually, what Josh Smith told me is that that one of the colleagues at another club told him they're expecting three long-term injuries, and if you put that across all the clubs, that's, that's wow, that's quite a lot of injuries. Um, they also he also looked at Germany, and and Germany did have um, quite a lot of injuries coming back. Um, so the international example is there. Um, look, there's certainly in the middle of a global pandemic. There's, there's absolutely no solutions that are good, that are that are perfect solutions, and, and this is a highly extraordinary circumstance. Um, but Certainly, Rob, I think that is to be taken into account. Um, mm. And then it also, it, you know, there is the, the factor that you can bring in MDC players and rotate more. Um, but but let's not forget this is a competitive league, and, and a team like Amazulu, for example, where Josh Smith works. Fighting relegation, so, so is, is uh, the coach going to put in players um, who are who are who haven't played in the PSL yet, are completely inexperienced? I mean, we all want to see youngsters thrown in, but is this the kind of situation that, that under this kind of these kind of pressures that we we want to see them put in? Um, look, it'll be great to see some youngsters coming into a lot of the clubs, especially the ones that are under, under a bit less pressure maybe fighting for a, a mid-table place, and it can actually help. In terms of rotation, and there is also the five substitutes allowance by FIFA, which is also going to take some of the pressure. Off. But, but absolutely, I think um, I, I think it's, it would be it, it's unrealistic to not expect injuries, and I, I, I think it is a factor that needs to be discussed in the rearguard.
0: Yeah. I right, could have carried on with this uh, just flat out of time, Mark. Thank you so much, man, for giving us a breakdown. I know you'll be on top of the story again come Friday uh, when that BOG does happen. I don't know if there'll be a compromise. I don't know if they'll say to suffer. Okay, we take you 1st of August, and uh, we are abiding by all these safety protocols and guidelines that are required, and make sure that uh, the lives of all these stakeholders, especially the players, are safeguarded, uh, and then football can be played. But thank you so much indeed for that thorough breakdown.
1: Um, it's always a pleasure, Rob. I hope I break it down
0: more. <laughs> Absolutely. Thanks so much, Mark Stratum. Mm-hmm. Thanks,
1: that's Rob. It.
0: That's Arena Holdings, senior football writer, joining us right here on Marawa Sports Worldwide.